God is not in my hands, but it's in yours. God is not my will, but it is your will. It is not my way, Lord, but it's your way. I will do as you ask me to. I will be a student of your word. I will follow you as you tell me to go, God. I will be your representation here on earth. On earth, I know it's going to cause me to sacrifice. I know it's going to cause me to give up some things. I know I have to die to my flesh. I know that I'm going to have to become more disciplined. I know that I'm going to have to learn more of you and get out of my natural thinking. I'm going to have to let go of some things that are comfortable. I have to let go of some things that don't feel good, but really do feel good in the same way. But God, I know that if I follow you, there's greater. There is the greater reward of having eternal life, being with you in heaven, but also there's greater here on earth. There are promises that you have in store for us who have accepted your invitation here on earth. That invitation to live with you, that invitation to walk with you, that invitation to call you our savior, that invitation to ask you to come into our hearts and change our minds, change the way that we move, change us, free us from the bondage of sin, free us from the bondage of tradition, from the bondage of anything that is not like you, God, because your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Walking with God is a choice. Walking with him is a daily decision. It is a decision that should not be taken lightly. It is a decision that has to be really, really, really nurtured. The Bible says in Matthew 22 and 14, for many are called, but few are chosen. What is life like to be chosen? Let's talk. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I am so glad that you are here. And if you are new here, my name is Jennifer Jefferson, and this is the podcast Conquering Me, where we talk about the joys of developing a personal relationship with Christ. And the Lord specifically has me to call it joys because it does not matter what we go through. Let it be trials, tribulations, learning more of him, submitting ourselves to him, really, really turning things away. There is always joy in God. I don't want us to have the going up the rough side of the mountain type of te- testimony and faith. I don't know if anyone remembers that back in the day. They used to have that. Um, it used to be on BT. <laughs> I don't know who sung that song. But it was, I'm going up. On the rough side. It was just like, it was just struggle. It was just struggle, right? So it does not mean our faith and our walk does not remove us from um, struggles and from things that will impact us negatively. But in Christ, all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose, right? That is scripture. And we always want to hold on to that. We never want to let that go of how everything that we go through, it is for the purpose of God. It is for us. We benefit from it. So today I really want to talk about being 
chosen. And I read the scripture, Matthew 22 and 14, where it says many are called, but few are chosen. And in that scripture, it really is the end of a parable where Jesus is talking. And I really do encourage us. You know, I'm always encouraging us to go back, read the Bible, read what I have said. Look, 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 look. I appreciate that you all have um, those who have been listening and, and they, you trust me. Some people know me personally. And so you trust me as someone who reads the Bible, studies the Bible. And I never, never, never want to steer anyone away from the word of God. The enemy is a master manipulator and he is a deceiver. And one of the things that he likes to do, and I'm talking about the devil when I say the enemy, he likes to twist the word of God. So it is so, and I always am, and I'm encouraging people and I'm even encouraging you who are listening to me, whenever I am mentioning scriptures, please go back and study for yourself. Go back. I've mentioned, I, I believe it was um, a couple podcasts ago where I gave some good uh, study tutorials, some apps. There's plenty of apps. There's plenty of free tools now. You know, back in the day, everything costs. I remember that there was a, there's a huge, a big, um, Bible store, Christian store that used to be really, really big, but unfortunately over time it has just really dwindled down because now you can find Christian materials, resources everywhere. Right. But, um, but I remember that was the place and everything was like child off top 30, $45. Right. So you had to really, really invest in your faith, but now there's so many good re- uh, resources from apps articles, all these things to help us study the word of God and really have a better understanding. And even as we study the word of God, never, 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 never forget to invite the Holy Spirit into your study time. Never, 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 never. I'm going to keep saying that over and over and over. Don't just crack up on your Bible. Say, I'm just going to read. This is not a novel. This is inspired word from our father. These people who have written it, it was selected by God. Everything is about him. It is for us, but it's about him. So we need to say, God, what are you saying in this? Help me to understand this better. How can I implement this in my life? And how can I teach and preach this to others, right? So I always say that, please, 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 even with myself, go back and study the word of God. So in Matthew 22, it's the parable of the wedding feast. And it really is good because it is an analogy of the kingdom of God. And the king in this parable is referenced and we know it is God himself. So I'm going to start off in um, verse one. It said, Jesus answered and spoke to them again. And I'm reading the New King James Version. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by the parables and, and said, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. They were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted cattle are killed and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. Come to the wedding list. I want us to hear certain words. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and they went their way. One of his Uh, One went to his own farm, another to his business, and the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully and killed them. But when the king heard of it, 
He was furious and he sent out his army and destroyed those murderers and burned up their cities. Then he said to his servants that the wedding is ready, but those who are invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways and as many as you find invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both good and bad, both bad and good, please. So all those who receive an invitation to the wedding, it did not matter what their status was. This is my little caveat. Doesn't matter what their status was, what they were doing. There was an invitation to the wedding and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the, the guests, he saw a man where he where who did not have on the wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king has said to the servant, bind him in hand and foot and take him away and cast him into utter darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called, but few are chosen. And as we can tell, and hopefully we have gathered that from this parable, Jesus is teaching. And, you know, one of the things I said in season two that I really want, really want to focus on the words of Christ. Um, we have to understand that the entire Bible from Old Testament is foreshadowing Christ or the kingdom of heaven. There is, there is a complete line and we have to understand that unfortunately too many people have separated the Bible, meaning they only want to hear the Old Testament um, because truthfully that's where a lot of the laws have come in and uh, New Testament really focuses on a lot of grace and mercy, which is the disposition of Jesus. When Jesus came on, we have grace and we have mercy. And, and Jesus is teaching so much about love and turning the other cheek and compassion and all this stuff. And so you have people in the body of Christ who only want to focus on one part of the Bible, either the New Testament or the Old Testament. And I want to encourage you that the Bible is whole and complete. I promise you, if you study the Old Testament, you can find references to it in the New Testament and vice versa. So in this, I, but I specifically, the Lord placed on my heart to, for us to study the word of God, study Jesus's word specifically, because he is our perfect example. He is how we should try our best with the leading of the Holy Spirit to walk like to emulate. I know that we have Bible heroes. People say Bible heroes. I heard someone say Bible boyfriend, Bible girlfriend. You know, there's other, other people in the Bible. So it's good to have those people that we read from, let it be Moses, Abraham, uh, Sarah, all these various people so that we can relate. But the one that we should strive to be like is Christ. So this is why it's so important to, for us to study how Christ moved, how he talked, what did he say? All of these things so that we can really, really, really represent him on earth. But going back to the uh, Matthew 22, in Matthew 22, it is a parable specifically talking about the kingdom of God and the invitation that we have uh, to become believers. The Bible, one of my, the first podcast that I did, it talks about the drawing of the Holy Spirit. And in the word of God, we only come to God unless we are sent. Meaning the Holy Spirit drew us to him. Our flesh does not choose holiness. Our flesh does not choose spirit. 
It is the spirit of God that is rest within us that connects to the calling of God. I hope I'm making sense because when I say the spirit of God, I am saying that we are all created in the image of God. So we have his spirit in us, but yet there is sin that resides there. So how do we cleanse and how do we make sure that we are entering into into the kingdom? Because we have to verbally say, God, confess it with our mouths and believe it in our heart that he, Jesus Christ, is the son of God, that he died for our sins. And so, God, I need you to come into me and I want to repent and I will repent. I have repented from my sins and I will. And what is repentance? Repentance is not just I'm sorry. Repentance is Lord, forgive me and turning from those ways, turning from those things that are not like Christ, turning from those things that are not what God has intended. This is why I say we have to study. We have to, if you are new to studying the word of God, start with the words of Christ. How do you know what's the word of Christ? There are several Bibles that have the words of Christ written in red. I know um, New King James has that. I believe uh, New Living Translation, the NIV Translation, um, the Passion Translation. They only have certain chapters that are translated. Um, But there's so many translations of the Bible outside of King James that has Jesus's words written in red. So now I have accepted Jesus as my personal savior. So this whole thing, the king, the king is saying, hey, remember in there when I read in here, he went after specific people. There were specific people that he was calling to come into the wedding. What is the wedding? Jesus Christ is the son. He is the he is the groom and we are the bridegroom. The Bible references that of the body of Christ being the bridegroom that is in Revelations. So there is a lot of, this is why I say studying the word of God. The Bible also says study scripture in light of other scriptures. So you study one scripture. So don't, so let me put this caveat because I know, and I thank God for maturing me because in in my, um, I guess you could say my, um, in my earlier stages in Christ as a new Christian in Christ, I would take one scripture and just run. But now I understand that I have to take a scripture and say, God, show me how, what, how does this relate to other scriptures? This, so when we do this, it, it allows us to number one, build ourselves and our spiritual walk. We are now becoming stronger because I'm studying scripture in light of other scriptures, but also I am reducing the risk of being duped by folks manipulating the word of God. Are people coming in with new ideas that are not in the word of God? I am saying this because what has been on my spirit, thank you, Holy Ghost, what has been on my spirit for months is for us to get our defense up. We are becoming more optimistic as believers, which is a blessing. That means that we are having standing on hope. We are standing on faith. We are believing that God can, but there has to be defense. There has to be, I was talking to my husband about this and I said, isn't that what they say in sports that defense wins the war or wins the fight? I mean, wins the game. And he was like, yeah, because the defense is the one that's on guard. 
I see what is coming. I have studied my opponent. I see what is about to happen. So when we are studying scriptures in light of others, and we are really, really diving into the word of God, we are really, um, I guess you could say, building our defense for not being tricked or swayed by things that are not of him. So when the king was asking for those to come in who were invited and they basically denied, they were like, no, I'm not going to do it. They went back to their own desires. One went to his farm. One went to his business. One killed the servants that the king sent out. Right. And we can see all this, not only in history, but also in biblical history. We can see this in actual physical history where people went out to preach and teach the word of God and they were killed and there was war. And the Lord said, "Okay, let me send a warrior way. So there's all these things that happen. So what happened is now the Lord said, cool. You know what? They don't want to hear hear me. They don't want it. They are rejecting my invitation. So I need you all to go and preach and teach the word of God everywhere. Doesn't matter what they look like. Doesn't matter if they're bad or good. Good. I, I need it to go. I need this invitation. The invitation is the word of God. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as you continue in the parable, you see all these similarities and, and, and you see all these things that are happening and we can relate to them as believers. Like, oh, oh, I see why it's so important for people to be out preaching and teaching the word of God. So here's a side note. When you see people on the street corner preaching or teaching, and they out here evangelizing, don't look at them sideways because you don't understand they are doing the work of God. Now, if what they say is out of pocket, this is when we pray and intercede for them. And this is when, if you are equipped to say, hey, let's have a discussion about what you just said. And I'm saying, if you are equipped, that means if the Lord has prepared a way for you, the Holy Ghost has given you wisdom and you are biblically, you have made yourself astute. You are now in your word of God, because some of us just be jumping out there just to argue a point and we have caused more confusion. Anything that we do as believers need to bring people into the kingdom. Period. There's no ands, ifs or buts about that. Are people coming into the kingdom of God? Our people are even if, how about this? People are already in the kingdom. Do they understand the beauty of the kingdom of God? Do, we, uh, do they understand the fullness of the kingdom of God? And that's something that we're all continuously learning. But our desire is not to bring dissension and to drive people away. It is to draw people closer to God, right? So it's the whole mindset and the heart posture of God. Draw me nearer so I can draw others nearer. So as the king, so I wanted to say that because I think sometimes we kind of make a mockery of those who are evangelizing and who are being the bold ones on the street corners um, because there's not a full understanding, right? So as the king is out here and he's inviting people and people are coming in, and there's a lot of things that I, that is, is this whole chapter could be taught so beautifully, but I really want to, I wanted to give a little background and I wanted to give some things that God is placing on my heart as I'm talking about this. But one of the main things I want us to focus on is what does it mean to be chosen? Because you see here in, in this, it says he has sent people out to get the good, the bad, it doesn't matter what you've been through, what you've done. If you have accepted the invitation, there is a call. And I want you to go back to read. It is, I believe it was the verse right above 
where the king looks around and he sees that someone got in. Basically, someone got in the mix who wasn't supposed to be there. They accepted the invitation, but they didn't want to change their ways. And this is what it says in verse 12. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without the wedding garments? Without the full armor of God? How did you get in here without the proper robe and the proper attire? And this is really a reference to, and I want to go to, and I want it's in Revelations 19 and 8. Revelations 19 and 8. And it says, and this is talking about the garment that we are going to be given. Fine linen, shining bright and clear has been given to her to wear. Her is referencing the, uh, the bridegroom, which is us with the bride. And the full linen represents the righteous deeds of his holy believers, the holy ones. When we come into Christ, there has to be a change. And it is the heart change. It is a willingness to change. When the Bible talks about the full armor of God, put on the full armor of God. And I want to read those scriptures specifically to you. And that is, that's found in Ephesians 6, 11, 18. Put on the whole armor of God, armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Remember, I talked about the defense earlier. We have to have our mindset and our ears ready for what the enemy will bring towards us. But put on the full armor of God. So we can stand against the wiles of the, of, of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and have done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girl, girt about with truth having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet showed with preparation of the gospel of peace above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye will shall wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God praying always with all prayers and supplication in the spirit watching there unto with all pre- uh, perseverance and supplication for all saints. When I asked earlier, what does it mean to be chosen? I'm going to tell you this now. Start with Ephesians 6, 11 through 18. Now that I have accepted that invitation, Because in the parable, he sent this invitation out to everybody. And some people will reject Christ. This is why the Bible says, harden not your heart when you hear his voice. Do not harden your heart when you hear the voice of God calling you. I know some of you are like, well, Jen, I'm saved. But 
Let me ask you this. Can you still harden your heart? Can you still reject the voice of God? Even though now that you have accepted salvation? Yes. That's what's called disobedience. Yes. And I understand that fear has made itself so big in our lives. Maybe it's comfort. You're like, I'm comfortable here. I don't want to deal with this person. I don't want to do this. But here's a perspective. As being someone who has been chosen by God and who has accepted the invitation, there is another level of responsibility continuously to be chosen. It is not something to where we just can coast by in life. It is an act of choice to say, I am going to put on the full armor of God to combat the very things that are coming against me and my willingness to be obedient. I want to say it's in Isaiah where the Bible says those who are willing and obedient will eat the fruit of the land. Now, this parable specifically is talking about coming into the kingdom of God. But my question is, yes, you are saved. So, yes, you're going to enter in. Cool. Now, your true salvation, that's up to you and Jesus, because some people profess salvation, but they're not truly saved. And this is why people get kind of confused. But it's not our position as believers and as humans to say if someone is saved or not. The Bible says, judge a tree by the fruit that it bears so that you may know them. Not that so that you can tell them, say, if they're going to heaven or hell. That is not our position. I want to make that clear because we've done that way too many times in the body of Christ where we have said people are saved or they do not have the Holy Ghost. That is not our position. Because they're the very elite will be deceived. The Bible talks about those who are going to say, Jesus, I've done this in your name. I prophesied. I've done this. I've healed. I evangelized. But yet Jesus say, you workers of iniquity. This is why the word of God says that man looks on the outer while God looks at the inner. God is checking the heart. So if you are saved and you truly believe that you are saved, you're going to enter in. But my question is, what are you forfeiting here on earth? Because you have not placed and put on the full armor of God. You don't want to go into the tough places. You don't want to go into, get it. Let's go back to this parable. Jesus, the king, God himself sent out his servants for the invitation to bring more people in. This is a constant wedding. This is a constant ceremony, right? Until Jesus returns. Our job is to always go out and invite more people. That is a responsibility as being chosen. It is not just for you to say, well, God, uh, thank you for the increase in my money. Thank you for the increase in my uh, uh, house and whatever it is. God enlarging your, there is purpose behind enlarging your territory. There is purpose behind you getting a new home. There is purpose behind you getting a better job. There's purpose behind you. Every level of increases in success that you deem as success, there is purpose in it. But have you said, God, what is this purpose so that it may glorify you and people can come in? The responsibility as being chosen is to have a mindset of kingdom. I 
have to be a part of increasing the kingdom. In whatever capacity that looks like. God, I have to be one of your servants. I understand that it will not be easy. I understand that they will come from me, that the spirits, that there's going to be warfare. I understand where's your defense chosen people. Or are we just good sitting back? Just sitting back, sipping, got our feet up. The Bible says, oh, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel. And I want us to get out of the mindset of what a preacher is. I'm not talking about a preacher that's up there on the pulpit. Because a lot of people are preachers, but they are not in the pulpit. A preacher is one who proclaims the gospel. Who proclaims Jesus Christ's return. Maybe you're a preacher at your job. You're the one that people come to for prayer. You're the one that people come to for godly wisdom. You're the one that people come to when things get bad. Because you have proclaimed your faith. We have to understand the responsibilities and the beauty of being chosen. I had to learn a while ago that I am one that is never satisfied. That is part of my plight. Some people may say that's a good thing. That's a bad thing. I don't know. Either way, that's just a part of who I am. The Lord has shown me that. The Lord has shown me my husband that. And so it's always this thing. I'm just always striving for more, more in life, not just more in the sake of having more material things, but better. And my better is linked to the word of God. Because if Christ is the author and the finisher of my faith, I need him to direct me. Put on the full armor of God. Being chosen means that you will have battles. But he has given you a way of escape. He has given you a way of of success. He has given you ways to conquer it all. I heard somebody else say, (laughs) I was watching this video and they were talking about the enemy and they say, you know, he's a loser. I'm like, real talk, he is a loser. The devil is a loser. So why am I tripping about someone who is, who has already lost? But see, he does things to make us feel like, oh my gosh, I'm changing. Am I turning into one of those church folks? Oh my gosh, I'm changing. My language is changing. How is this going to be? Because, because how we have been for so long has become of our, it has become our, our identity instead of putting on the whole armor of God. Letting that be our identity, letting him transform who we are. Letting him say, hey, this is what I had. I knew you from your mother's womb. I've always known you before your mother was pregnant with you. I've known you. So this character, this thing that you have in you, I want to use it, but I need to use that for my glory. Being chosen. As we mature in God, we understand. And my prayer is that we understand that being chosen is more than just saying, yes, Lord, you are my savior. It is about growing in his knowledge, growing in his wisdom, growing in his grace, growing in his favor, 
It is about a continuous mindset of growth. God, I want to grow. I want to grow in you. I want to be better. I want to be your example. I want for you to be my guiding light into this world. I don't want you to put, I don't want to put any more limitations on who I am and who you are. Because I don't know if we realize this. How are we stifling God when we stifle ourselves? When we just say no to little, to, to it may seem little. I don't want to call it little, but it may seem little. No, I'm not going to go to prayer today. I'm tired. Okay. No, I'm not going to study my word today. I'm tired. No, I'm not going to start eating differently. This thing is hard. I'm an emotional eater. You know, I had a podcast. I had an episode talking about how our words, I am, I am. I am in Hebrew means, and it came to pass. How are we stifling God? How are we stifling our walk? A lot of the things that you desire and that you want to accomplish, it is here on earth and God has already provided a way. But please understand, If you have said, I am a believer, there is another level of responsibility that comes with it. There is a different mindset that we have to shift. And my prayer is that it shifts towards God. That's my prayer. That we grow in his knowledge. That we are not okay with just knowing God of, I guess you could say, our our parents or our grandparents. But we know God for ourselves. I want to read this. And this is how we just continue to grow in him. It says in 2 Peter 1 and 10, and then I'm going to go back to read uh, 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8. It says, therefore, brothers, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Make your call. Remember the invitation. You have accepted the invitation. You accepted the call to come in. Make that sure. Let your yeses be yes and let your noes be no. And my prayer is that your yes is yes is based off of God and his will and what he desires. And your no is based off of what he does not desire. Right. And that is in the word of God. If you're like, how do I know? Start with the word of God. Study the word of God. But verses five through eight says, but also. For this very reason, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Yes, you believe in God. You believe in Jesus Christ. He is your he is your savior. I am not here to bring any doubt. And I bind that in the name of Jesus if anyone is doubting that. But Peter, in first, second Peter, it says, but also for this very reason, give all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. To brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. After you have accepted, be it chosen. There is going to be a battle that you will have to fight. 
I believe it was Paul that said that he had to, that I died daily. So daily we have to submit ourselves over to God. Daily there is a war that is going on that's saying, hey, should I do what God is saying for me to do or should I not, right? And if you mess up, Lord, forgive me, get back on it, keep going. God's grace and mercy is so big. Please don't hold yourself down in condemnation if you messed up. Please don't. Because that is the trick of the enemy to, to allow you to be and remain in shame. Because you don't see the grace and the love of God and the mercy and his forgiveness. You won't be able to see that. You won't be able to forgive yourself and you'll stay in cycles, right? So there's so many things that we can learn of God. But I hope that in this, you've realized that now that I'm saved, there is a level of responsibility that God is requiring of me. There is more of me to learn of him. It goes beyond my faith. Am I seeking virtue? Am I seeking knowledge? Am I being kind to my brother? Am I doing, am I walking in love? Look up the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is beautiful. My Godfather said this, that the gifts of the spirit are loud, but the fruit of the spirit is very quiet and gentle. This is how you know, do I have the character of God by looking at the fruit of the spirit, right? So there are layers to this. And, and this is the point of the podcast. This podcast, I said Comcast, this podcast is for us to constantly study the word of God to conquer ourselves. Because the sin of nature has made us selfish, arrogant, prideful, um, unforgiving. It has made us not want to do the things of God. So the more and more and more we submit ourselves to God and we, and I want to encourage you, please don't become discouraged because you feel like you are so far behind. I've been saved for years or going to church for years and I only know two scriptures. Okay. Hey, let's start with truth. I appreciate that. Now, how do we start building? Jesus says that, that yesterday is in the fiery is gone. Is gone. Is gone. Yesterday is gone. We can't do nothing about uh, tomorrow. I mean, yesterday. And Jesus also says, "Don't worry for tomorrow, because tomorrow is going to have its worries of, on its own." But focus on today. So today, what can you do, and what are you willing to do to grow in Christ? To say, "Yes, I am saved," but God, I know that there is more. I have accepted the mindset that there will be battles. There will be mental battles, emotional battles. My family may not understand. My friends may not understand. I may go through a period of isolation so that I can know, truly know you. And God, that is okay because you will show me in your word how my season is lined up with your word. I have accepted Christ, but there is more for me to do and to live in and to rest in here on earth. I hope that you all haven't learned something from uh, from this one today. There is a beauty in being chosen. Is there a lot of responsibility? Absolutely. I'm not even going to lie. It is a lot, a lot of responsibility, but there's so much reward that we gain, not just in the natural. When I say in the natural, I mean like um, the things that are tangible, the things that we can see. But that, oh my goodness, you, you uh, there's so much peace, the peace that surpasses understanding, the joy that you have, 
the increase in wisdom and knowledge, the understanding you get, your ability to let things go is so many things that we get. (laughs) When we just say, God, I want to know more of you and I want to walk more in you. So God, I thank you for this time together, God. I thank you for my brother and sister in Christ who is listening, Lord Jesus. They have accepted you. They have said you are their savior, but God, there is more. You have been pulling and pulling and pulling at their heart. They have heard the knocking at the door and they have been nervous to say, God, I don't know if I want to open it because I have to let go of comfort. I have to let go of things that have been a part of my identity for so long. So God, I thank you for revealing to all of us the areas where excuses have reigned true instead of your word. God, I thank you for exposing to us who we are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So in this, that we may have a beautiful spiritual worship life with you. For your word says that those that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth, God. There is a level of knowledge that you have desired for your children to understand, but let us be seekers of your words. As we hear it and as we do it, we will seek for your word says that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. So we will seek your word. We will seek after you. We will pray and we will be the people that you have called us to be. We will not pretend to be like anybody else, but we will be the person that you have called us to be. This walk is beautiful. And let us remember that in all situations that you are with us. You will never leave us, nor will you forsake us. You will guide us every step of the way. If you have called us to walk it, you have already called us to succeed in it. Lord, we love you and we honor you and we adore you in the name of Jesus. And this last calls for anyone who has, who's like, I want to accept Jesus Christ. And you're like, I'm not sure. Just say this. Believe this in your heart and confess it with your mouth. Lord, I want you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I repent. I believe that you are the son of God. And I will serve you all of my days. In the name of Jesus, if you said it, that's it. You're saved. I love you all. Please go ahead, download the podcast, uh, subscribe to the podcast. I love you all. Keep praying for me. Keep praying for me as I'm praying for each and every one of you. I love you all. Speak to you next Friday.